Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts, and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan, and I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. It is Friday, April 9th, and it's been wonderful this week to think about texts related to the resurrection of Christ, celebrating the theme, He is Risen Indeed. And we've been reading New Testament texts about the resurrection and post-resurrection experiences, as well as Old Testament and Psalm passages uh, related to that theme. As always, there are three scripture passages, and I'll reflect on one. Today's three readings are Psalm 33, 1-11, Isaiah 53, 7-12, and John 21, 1-14. And I'd like to reflect with you today on one of my very favorite texts in Scripture, John 21, 1 to 14. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the lake. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So there's a little word in this text that... um, This is a, a sermon that I've preached probably six or seven times in my life, and it all revolves around one particular word. And it's a word that only shows up one other time in the scripture. It's the word that's translated charcoal fire in verse 9. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. But before I tell you about what that word means to me and why I think it's so important, I want you to think about a time in your life when something you when you had some kind of resonant, uh, uh, what do I want to say? Some kind of like occasion where a smell meant something to you. Like what, with the charcoal fire text, like when you ask me, like, what does charcoal smell like? I'll describe it by telling you about events where charcoal has been. So like for me, when I think about a charcoal fire, I always think about the house I grew up in. I was born in 1978, and I lived in one home until 1989. We moved in May of 1989 to my new house, 
and my parents have lived there until this year and in fact are selling the, hoping to sell the house this year and move so they lived there for 32 years just about and I lived there for a lot of years with them but when I think of home I still think about that first house and you know when we moved to the new house in 1989 my dad got a gas grill but before that point he always cooked with charcoal and so to me charcoal smells like summer days at my the house I grew up in, you know, Saturdays, of course, my dad wouldn't have been home most of the time during the week. He worked quite a lot. And so it was uh, not, not around so much to grill for dinner, but Saturdays was a day when dad would grill outside and he'd be working outside most of the day. And, you know, when I think about summer Saturdays, the charcoal smell is definitely there. The smell of lighter fluid and charcoal and hamburgers and baseball, wiffle ball, you know, um, cut grass, my dad smelling sweaty, those kinds of smells, right? They just kind of come back to me. So, you know, when you ask me what charcoal smells, those are the kinds of memories that are evocative. They come to mind. Peter had a really different experience with a charcoal fire because the other time that we read this, that word for charcoal fire, the other time that we read it in the text is when Peter denies Jesus in the chapter before in the book of John or two chapters before. When Peter, and it, when Peter is warming himself around a charcoal fire in the courtyard and people come up to him and start saying, you were with this man. And Peter says, no, I wasn't. And that's a moment that I'm sure Peter was deeply ashamed of after Jesus rose from the dead. And Jesus doesn't really talk about it with him <laughs> the first couple times that Jesus appears to the disciples. But as Peter, you know, is out in the lake and realizes this is Jesus who's calling from the shore and he puts on his robe and he runs in to meet him. And I'm sure he's so anxious to talk to Jesus and all of that. But as he arrives on the shore, he begins to smell that charcoal fire. And for him, it doesn't have those cozy summer feelings, right? For him, it has the smell of, oh, <laughs> I remember. I remember now what I said to you. And Jesus is most likely intentionally kind of reminding him of this moment where he's gathered at a charcoal fire and he hurt Jesus through the things that he said. And of course, after the part of the text that I stopped reading, this is where Jesus talks to Peter and says three times to him, do you love me? And one, you know, as just as Jesus, or just as Peter denied Jesus three times, now Jesus, or Peter reaffirms his love for Jesus three times, both around a charcoal fire. You know, often in our lives, we want to run away from who we've been previously. And we know sometimes with great clarity the things that we've done to hurt others in our lives and frankly, to hurt God through the way that we treat others or through the way that we are dismissive of the gifts and privileges he's given us. Yet, isn't it like God to, uh, to not let us run away from those things forever? You know, we're, we're good at running away from them, right? Like when we think about those things, we're good at kind of, you know, when I think about the kind of person I used to be, I'm good at coming up with excuses for why I did those things and why I'm not like that anymore. I've got all kinds of narratives I tell myself to just let me go on kind of undisturbed by the person I used to be. But what Jesus does here for Peter is he very gently brings him out of that place. I'm sure that Peter was beginning to do this in his own life, wasn't he? Peter was beginning to sort of tell the story about 
denying Jesus wasn't so bad. What I did was very understandable in the moment. I was afraid, blah, blah, blah. Jesus calls Peter out of that rationalization and instead says, look, I want to restore you. And just like this, your initial sin happened around a charcoal, charcoal fire, you will have to encounter that. You're going to have to go back. You're going to have to realize what you did was wrong. You're going to have to apologize. I mean, Peter doesn't outwardly apologize, but it's quite clear that this is what this is about. Um, and so just in the same way in our lives, right, we can't run away from the people that we used to be. All too often that leads to us running away from the real consequences of the things that we're doing now, right? Like when we're really good about spinning the narrative about how what we did before was not so bad, we're also really good at spinning the narrative about what we're doing right now and saying it's not so bad either. We're not bad. I mean, what we do is really understandable. Jesus calls us to a charcoal fire moment too where he says, you know, you need to consider who you are and what you've done and how Perhaps you shouldn't be proud of some of the things you have done or are doing. And only when you look those things straight on, only when you look at those things in the eye, can you begin to realize there's healing. There's forgiveness. Jesus wants to make it right, not just so you bury this for the rest of your life and run away from it, but so that you learn from it, you heal, and you grow, and you get ready for the next season of ministry that God has for you. So I don't know how you're running today. I don't know what sorts of things, you know, as you look back on the person you used to be or the person you're being now, I don't know what you're running from. But I pray that you might have a charcoal fire moment with the risen Christ today where he gently reminds you that, you know, you need to face this. You need to face who you've been, who you're becoming. If you want to become something that is truly useful and transformative for the work God is doing in the world. God, we're so thankful for the deep love that you have for us. And sometimes, God, that love smells like a charcoal fire, not with all the cozy imagery of my youth, but sometimes it, it, it feels like you bring us face to face with the person that we really are, which can be deeply painful, something we try to run away from and something we are, we are expert at doing mental and emotional and even theological gymnastics to get away from. And yet, God, you invite us into that confrontation with who we've been and what we've done. And you speak to us words of forgiveness and showing us how we're fit to follow you still. We pray, God, that you will draw us into that life-changing encounter with you. We ask this through Christ. Amen. Well, wonderful to share with you throughout this week uh, on the theme, He is Risen Indeed. Next week, we'll get a little further in the New Testament and look at texts related to the Acts of the Apostles. That's our theme. And so all of our texts are from the book of Acts, and then there'll be Old Testament and New, uh, Psalm texts that sort of uh, complement those readings. So we'll be in the book of Acts throughout the next week. And uh, we only have three more weeks of the podcast until the end of our semester. So I'm going to make sure you're tuned in and enjoying those. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.